Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and we are thrilled to have Kelly Gaines here with us. Kelly is the executive director of USTA North Carolina. She played tennis at William Peace University, where she was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame. She was a pro at North Hills Club in Raleigh, and she also coached tennis at North Carolina State University. So we are so excited that you agreed to talk with us. So can you start off by telling us why you started playing tennis and how you were able to make it your career? Sure. Before I jump into me, I just want to take a second and thank the both of you for all that you're doing to grow tennis. Uh, You guys have a unique way of making all of us feel that uh, our tennis is important to us and uh, it is your enthusiasm is incredible. So before we get to me, I wanted to make sure to say to you, but I am the luckiest human on the planet. We moved to North Carolina when I was a kid and we lived in a neighborhood that had a million kids and we played everything. So if there was a, uh, you know, Carolina State basketball game on at two o'clock by four, we were out playing, replaying the game. Um, we played, you know, flag football. We did all kinds of fun things in our neighborhood. And there were two boys, they were brothers. They lived down the street from us. And, um, and I'd had, a, I had a tennis racket. Um, it, I think my parents bought me a racket one day just to kind of shut me up in a store. Um, and I'd, you know, play the, you know, hit, just in the driveway or something. But I saw these two boys. They were cute. I had a crush on one of them and uh, they were brothers and they were down at the end of our street in a cul-de-sac hitting in the street. So I just took my racket down there to go and I'm not like a flirt, but I went down there to, to hit with them. And, um, the mother stuck her head out and we'd been out there for a little while and, and she came out and her, you know, I knew her, you know, she's Ms. Eckerd and she walked out and she said, would you like to go play with us at a tennis court, on a tennis court? And I was like, yeah, of course I would. And so she, uh, they, the uh, Old Forest Racquet Club, it was only just a year or two old. And she actually took me there. And because I'd played everything, I was thir- 12, 13 years old. And I had a little bit of a natural ability for it. And uh, the high school coach at the time saw me hitting and started giving me lessons. And I, I mainly at first started playing at a park, which is where 70% of all tennis is played is in a public venue. And I had to prove to my family that I was going to stick with it um, before they would let us join the racket club to play. But I grew up in Burlington with a group of players around me and lots of adults uh, who supported us and just luckiest human on the planet. Um, and I was at a time when Title IX, you know, we we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX this year. Um, it had gone into, you know, effect uh, eight years before I was ever going to college. But Title IX had really not taken its full effect with college women athletics uh, at that time. So I went to a women's college in Raleigh, Peace College. Uh, it's now uh, William Peace University. It's a, a four-year co-ed school now, but at the time they gave me a scholarship. And I got to play and compete there. And we played against, you know, all of the ACC schools that you think of because there weren't there was no other tennis going on. So we were we were able to play and compete. And then I started teaching tennis and I taught a little bit in the summers because I had to have a job of some sort. And uh, so I started teaching, found out I really loved teaching, Uh, transferred from Peace to UNC Chapel Hill, chose not to play there. 
And I think it's the best thing I chose not to do because I started continuing to learn to teach and came out of college and was given a job uh, in Raleigh at North Hills Club, which um, they took a bet on a 23-year-old woman, which was very unusual at the time, was there for three years. And then I um, got an offer to go to NC State uh, to uh, be the assistant coach for the men and the women. And that was interesting. And uh, after two years, they decided, and this is when Title IX really kind of did start to kick in. They split the program. I was in this one. I say I'm one of the blessed humans ever. I was in the right place at the right time and was there as the women's head coach for six more years. And, um, you know, just was given a million different experiences, exposed to a lot of people. But also along the way, I was starting to volunteer for USTA North Carolina or North Carolina Tennis. And uh, so when it was about the time that I was kind of tired of driving around with eight women in a van, uh, I knew that my time was, you know, ending at NC State. I just felt like it was time to decide on something else. This job opened up, uh, the one I'm in right now. And, and the one I took is not nearly like the one that I'm in. I really think we've, it's changed a good bit, but, um, like I said, I just am in the right place at the right time. And, uh, I've been, you know, blessed by, by God over and over again. So that's a long story to how I started. But the bottom line I want to say about how I started is to someone ask me. Someone asked me to play, and that is the best way that you can get others to, to join and play our sport. So, Kelly, how long have you been the executive director of North Carolina, and can you kind of sum up what that entails? Because that's a big job in our yeah. mind. So can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been doing it and what you have to do as the executive director? Well, since you've just heard my tennis story, you know, I, I can't get by with saying I started this job when I was 12 because I've been here 26 years. But um, as I, you know, as I was able to transition from NC State here, uh, that was in 1995, um, in the November 1st. So I've, I've been on staff for over 26 years now. And the job has really expanded. When I was hired, we had just a couple of people. Um, and now we're, you know, 12, 12 strong and hundreds of volunteers around North Carolina, um, that, that contribute to tennis. So it's not just us. But what do I do every day? That's that is the number one question my husband asks a lot of times. Um, I guess the first and foremost responsibility is to keep the engine running. Um, we have an incredibly talented staff and volunteers, and I feel like my first responsibility is to help them do what they do best. We hire, uh, you know, I know uh, a little bit about a lot of things, um, and and get into trouble pretty quickly. I, I make a deal with all of the people who have served as our director of adult leagues that if they don't answer budget and bylaw questions, I won't answer NTRP rating questions. <laughs> um, but I do, um, I report to a board of directors and, you know, just really try to be an ambassador for tennis at the sectional and the national level. Uh, and I do try to, you know, try to be as, as accessible around the state as possible just to to really try to spread uh, the good word about how we can grow. But we spend a lot of time on Zoom calls, talking to people all over the country. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, in team meetings here uh, as to how to how we can make tennis better. So it's part, um, you know, part administrator, part ambassador, and just really trying to do whatever my team needs me to do. Okay, so as executive director and 
as a four or five tennis player hmm. who we I haven't seen you play, but I'm I I looked up your um, WTN number and we know she's a really good four or five player. Do people recognize you on the court? Are you still playing a lot of leagues in this area? Yeah, I, I love league tennis. Um, I play um, as much as people will ask me. And uh, I've got a group of uh, just like everybody does. I've got a group of uh, women here in, in this area in Greensboro that are dear to me and yeah, you know, they continue to put up with me. I'm not sure how great a player I am anymore, but I, I have done this since I was 12. Uh, there's a lot of muscle memory. I can't imagine my life without hitting a tennis ball. I enjoy hitting a ball as much as I do talking about tennis. And well, some people say I like to talk more and I like to do anything, but, um, but I do enjoy the feel of that ball on my strings. I enjoy the feel of running after a ball, uh, hitting a forehand or a backhand volley might be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just still the camaraderie, the, you know, I would just say fun, fitness and friends. And if I were plopped in the middle of wherever, if, you know, if we had to up and move to Iowa, I would be looking for two things. I'd be looking for a tennis court and a church. Cause I think that's where that center of me would be mm-hmm. as a player I don't know how much I'm recognized because I, I've just been in tennis so long that so many people um, I just know because they've just been part of the fabric of my life. It's not like, you know, oh, there's Kelly Gaines, blah, blah. It's just because that's we all were. We've all played together forever and known each other. Um, I think probably uh, some of our staffs are much more known uh, because of who they are. But uh, but I feel like, you know, we have um, North Carolina tennis uh, we have a very, very deep bench of uh, of great players, and uh, I'm just glad to be on the on the court with a lot of them. So. Kelly, that's great. And since you did coach at the collegiate level, I do need some advice. So, what would you say to someone like me, an average adult recreational player, when I would get frustrated on the court? Well, yeah, I'm an average adult recreational player too, and I do get frustrated on the court as well. One of the things I have to do in my self-talk, and not only when I coach, but also it's really me now, (laughs) is um, just play a point at a time. Um, It's not, you know, don't, like I always say, don't try to eat the whole pizza at once. Just go a little piece at a time. So you're going to play, you know, how many points you're going to play in a match. I mean, you're going to play hundreds of points in a match. You're not going to win them all. Um, And I think just don't, hold on to what you just did continue to look at what you can do and um and and I think there are days you just got to chalk it up to this isn't my day but I don't think you should ever walk on the court thinking that and you should try until the very last point is over to to correct that course if you're in a if you're in one of those days where you just cannot seem to hit it in the ocean, um, you would just try to anything you can to adjust to get yourself it. But it's it's probably a lot more mental than it ever is physical. But stay positive. Stay in the moment. Stay with that point. Don't don't go back. Don't look back and don't look too far ahead. That's fantastic. Um, since you have played for such a long time, can you tell us your most memorable moment on the court? As a player, I got, I, I got a question one time from somebody. They go, they asked me about something, and I said, "Do you want the players? Uh, do you want the players' answer, or do you want the tennis administrator's answer?" I want both. Right. That's what they said. Okay, so I will tell you this: the easiest one for uh, the administrator was any time I uh, have done anything with abilities tennis 
or wheelchair tennis, any kind of adaptive tennis. Early in my career, the Triangle area hosted the World Special Olympics Games. Y'all may remember that. We did a lot with that as a staff. We were real helpful with the tennis part of that. And we did a um, one night, we just did a, we just filled the court. We did some games and all of that with the athletes. And these were athletes from all over the world. And we put T-shirts out there, wristbands out there, candy, everything out on these courts. And we did hit for prizes. We did that a lot in those days uh, with all kinds of kids and any kind of fun activity when we had carnivals. And what we would see when we had, you know, able-bodied kids and there was always a tussle over, well, I hit that and I get this shirt and I get it, just little kid tussles. That night, every single athlete that hit something that got something, no one argued about what they got. Every one of them, in whatever language they spoke, came up and thanked us. The bus driver told us the next day that every athlete that got on the bus was showing him what they won and how, in whatever language they could say it and how proud they were. And, um, it just was a, it was just a, a huge emotional time. And I, you know, that was probably in like 1999. And we're sitting here, you know, so many years later that I still remember that as a player. You know, I think it's got to be anything I did with a team. Tennis can be such an individual sport, just like I think a lot of sports, even though you're on a team, you're still in, you still got to have an individual performance. But I know that uh, when I was in college and high school, we had good, we had really good runs uh, in our high school championship and peace did really well at the, at the nationals when, when I was playing. And, and when I was at, at North Carolina state, we beat Carolina twice and we had never Carol, we stated women had never beat Carolina women and we did. We beat them twice and just the fun of that. And we beat, we'd beat a, that last year that I was there. We beat a lot of schools that we had never beaten before. And I was so happy for the girls. I was just so happy for those young women. And, uh, so I think I still take great pride in whatever I've done as a team. And, and I don't know. I mean, I've played, I've played millions of tennis matches in my life and, um, I, I never feel like, you know, that it's the last one and I always feel like I can do better and I'm aging. That tennis number you saw is going to go down. And I, and I, you know, so many players that you reach, they're still working, going up and, um, and I'll never be the same player I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but it doesn't matter. I'm playing and I'm going to play till I drop. I mean, I, I just, just want to always have that opportunity. So I don't know that I have this great win or anything because I, I mean, I, you know, it, but just being with a team has been, has been so important. Mm-hmm. That's great. Is there anything else we missed or you want our listeners to know? So much of tennis is perceived as a very wealthy, a very exclusive sport. And, you know, this is where league tennis blew that out of the water because I call that the great democratization of tennis is that it, it really did. We, we have 70% of our tennis pl- is played in public parks. People don't need a club membership. They can, they can join a, a, a group, a meetup group, a whatever group and play tennis. And we know that we have incredible health benefits of our sport because of uh, the fact that we, we do have to run around a lot. Our heart rate goes up and I look at my Apple watch and look, I go in and look at my matches after I play. When did my heart rate go up? What was going on? You know, all of that is so, so geeky, but. Um, I just want the the world to know that tennis is for everyone. And as tennis players, we have a responsibility to always ask somebody to play. 
regardless of ability, regardless of, you know, skill level, tennis is for everybody. We can't thank Kelly enough for being on the podcast. We loved hearing her tennis story, and you can tell how passionate she is about the sport. We hope you check out our website, which is secondserpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the courts soon. 